Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions. Big shout out to our sponsor Rising Suns Brewery, craft beer here in Cork City lads if you're ever around please please check it out. Right this week I am delighted to welcome this guy here. This is as much about the man as it is the music. This is Jonah Nido. Those of you will be familiar with Call Guns and Hummus Records. I have him here today to talk about his latest project Trounce. Jonah thanks for coming on the show man. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Right. There, there's so much I want to ask you and there's so much going on in your life. Like it, it's incredible <laughs> stuff altogether. But come here, this last year has been an absolute whirlwind for you, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this Roadburn commissioned job, right? Which which, which is what kicked off Trumps, I'm guessing, is it? Was that the spark that started Trumps? Well, this, the the real spark was in uh, in uh, in 2020 when the first pandemic uh, like uh, hit, uh-huh. you know, which was good because two weeks before I st- I, st- I set up a home studio in my in my apartment to write the next Colgan's record. Okay. And in order to relax from writing a Colgan's record, I just downloaded some blast beats, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> As you on do. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> And well, I mean, I mean because uh, yeah, I've never had a drummer that could play super fast blast beats. And like to relax from the Colgan's writing sessions, I was just writing this blast beats music somehow. Okay, okay. So that was that was the real spark of it. But then you know, then was in a drawer, and basically uh, throughout the last three years, I've eventually recorded drums and mm-hmm. started looking for a singer. And there was no plan. And then all of a sudden, Roadburn shows up. And, you know, that was quite something. I mean, I've seen some of my favorite artists like being commissioned at Roadburn. So when that arrived, I was like, what? (laughs) And that commission job, Jonah, like that was as Trump. So Roadburn knew of Trump and knew of the the project that you had in place? No, no, they didn't. I mean, they they, basically what what happened is that I pitched them a band from the label to play at Roadburn. Obviously, we, we, I know, you know, Walter and Becky, I know them. I know, don't know them that well, but I know who they are and we talked already. Mm-hmm. And so I, I pitched them a band. I was like, I think this band from my label could fit, you know, one of your stages. It's a band that doesn't, hasn't played out of Switzerland. They've played maybe 10 shows, but they're great. I'm sure you're going to like them. Yeah, yeah. And they came back to me saying like, well, that band is amazing. So not only we're going to book them, but also we, you know, we, uh, we, we looked for information about your label and it looked like you guys are doing something great in Switzerland and, we actually want to offer you a commission piece. Like, and <laughs> not, they were like, usually it's one artist, but they were like, now we want you to, you know, be the supervisor of things because you're the founder of the label, but we want it to be like a, like a super group from people of the label, basically. Brilliant. And Brilliant. so the thing is that the trance songs where the studio tracks were written already and kind of recorded. Okay. But I didn't want to have the same lineup. So I built up a new lineup. And then we took some songs from the studio, tried to play them, you know, some the same way, some mm-hmm. other with different patterns, beats and stuff. And some stuff we just wrote together with this new lineup. So that's that was quite a big thing. Yeah, <laughs> it just grew ridiculous. size, isn't it all of a sudden just from one phone call with Roadburn? It's mad. Like how that it happens. Is. And, you know, when I got the phone call, I was like, they were like, well, are you interested? I know it's not, you know, it was maybe October or November. And I was like. Oh yeah, that's fine. But actually, you know, I was already like, like my life was already like crazy with the label. And like, because I also do management for some of the bands that I release on the label. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have Colgans, which is the main thing I do uh-huh. in my life. And then, 
back then I still had another band running and I was like, I'm never going to have the time. But it was the only year that I could do this because the next year I'm going to be busy with Colgan's. Okay. So I was like, you know, in November I was like, well, fair enough. Then from if I want to do everything, this is mm. going to give work to a lot of to a few people around me and myself. You know, it's going to settle some stuff for the rest of my career as well. Wow. And and then I decided not to go out and have a social life for the next <laughs> six months. So it's it's true. Like from from January first to yeah. uh, end of June, I went out once a month. Wow. Basically, stop drinking, stop smoking, everything, and yeah, and you know, the good thing is that nothing has changed in the world. That dedication, Jonah, is is something amazing. Like, and I, again, from reading up some um, stuff, I was checking online about yourself. Like, you are a man who likes, obviously, likes to keep busy. I mean, you're <laughs> you're involved in so much stuff. I mean, you could write a book with the amount of projects you're involved in and your record label. And like, just briefly to talk about the record label. Pumas Records, how did you decide on, on, on kickstarting that? I mean, I know obviously the band, your band Colgan's was, was probably a big influence in you doing this. It's the reason we started the label. I started, I founded the label alone first, but then quickly uh, some other people were in there as well, yeah. including Colgan's singer. Um, basically what happened is that, so we were touring, like Louis, Luke and I from Colgan's, we were touring with The Ocean, a uh, German mm. progressive yeah. metal band that you certainly know. So we toured with them. We were we were playing with the band for six years, um, and you know we also saw the beginning of Pelagic Records and all that. And and eventually during that period we started Colgans, and then um, yeah, having seen Robin starting his own label and seeing that you can control part of the part of the the, the chain of things yeah. of re, of releases and. And also, to be fair, the fact that no one wanted to work with us, Colgan's as, as an emerging band, you know. Were uh, you struggling to get someone to, involved, yeah? Well, actually, well, actually, you know, we worked with a label from Scotland, uh, Dead 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 Music, it was called back okay. in the days, uh, who released our first two EPs. But then on the second EP, one label was missing. You know, it was a co-op between different labels. And then one label was missing. And I was like, well, why don't we start our own label? Then mm -hmm. I'm going to feel better when I contact any professionals uh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna have a at records.com thing, whatever. <laughs> and so that's how it started, but it was it was really meant to be only for Colgans. And yeah. then, you know, one thing leading to another, um, obviously in the area where we're from, there was no really professional structure okay. or like proper record label with a sense of the, the industry, even to a punk level. Um, but really great bands and people have you know money and resource in resources here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. There were all these bands with like great records, and I saw what we did with Colgan's, and they were like, "Well, we have this record. Do you want to put it out?" And we're like, "Yes, we know how to do it," but we didn't know. But you know, <laughs> after fifty records, we knew better. After a hundred, we started knowing, knowing, and then after one hundred forty, we definitely know what we do. I Brilliant. guess. And tell me, how how big is it at the moment? How many bands are on your label? Do you know? I think, I think we have about seventy bands. Wow. Um, not active, active. I think we're we're talking about maybe twenty twenty five, which is fair, mm -hmm. like a, a fair amount already. It is, it is. And we just opened to international acts as well. So we just signed to uh, two bands that that are not from Switzerland, which is very wow. new for us. Yeah. Great stuff. It's growing and growing. So Jonah, fingers crossed, man. It keeps going. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Now let's let's talk about Trounce because that's why I want to yes. on the show because I've heard this album. Thankfully, I got a. 
a copy of it and it's fucking incredible. Like I think I read somewhere was said hybrid and epic reckless rock with blast beats, right? A great, a great description if, if there was ever one. Like I mean, it this, is, album, right? this album has absolutely everything. Now tell me, how did you get this group of musicians together? Obviously, I draw probably I know your record label played a big part, but was was there much persuasion needed to get the guys on board? For uh, not so much because uh you know i'm lucky enough to have that um that um how can i say that without being pretentious um you know wh- where i'm from here it's like mm. people know what i do and what we do as a collective as well yeah and so the people i approached you know it was either people i worked with or i wanted to work with but that were not necessarily like musicians that were meant to play that kind of music okay so they were they were feeling honored in some ways yeah. and surprised. And they kind of like, you know, trusted me on whatever it was going to be. Uh-huh. And that's, that's a great feeling because I called them. I was like, well, so they have this kind of extreme metal band and, you know, I have this record, but it's, it's not playable live really if, with the people I want to have in the band. So we're going to have to replay everything. And, oh, actually you're not a singer, but you need to sing and you don't play synth, but you need to sing and play synth. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also you've played only four shows in your life, and you're gonna have your fifth show is gonna be in front of two thousand people at Rodbury. Cool. Do you want to do it? <laughs> if that doesn't sell it, nothing will, Jonah. Like, <laughs> hey, but they they did it, you know, and it was great because uh, so the record, the studio version, as I was saying, it was yes. not not ever meant to be played live. It's a thing I was saying I was doing at home for fun. Yeah, uh, you know, combining all the the the, the codes that I absorbed from the. The, the cheesy black metal from the 2000s, you know, like Dark Funeral, Dimu Bondi, yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. Like, I, I guess you can hear it musically to some extent um, in the melodies and stuff. And, you know, it's like I some stuff I really am telling you, I can't play them like on the guitar. It's like I didn't yeah. care so much, you know, like. And then so. But this whole thing was a challenge, wasn't it, for everybody involved? Like it was some, as you said, this wasn't their, their style of music, maybe from their day-to-day bands like but this was this was something interesting uh, something new like wasn't it for them yeah and we, and we didn't know what we were going to do really you know because yeah. they had the record and they were like well okay and i was like that's not going to be that one <laughs> initially i wanted two drummers and then you know i wanted to do this with the with Colgan's drummer uh-huh. because he's one of the best drummer i know and uh, i knew that in the short time we had he would be a good ally to do okay. that yeah uh, but he's not a blast beat guy. Like he had to put back his double kick pedal thing for that, mm-hmm. that he stopped using with the ocean back 10 years ago. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, he was like, well, I'm going to work on my blast beats again. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. be able to blast beat. So, th- and that's something yeah, that he wasn't able to do properly uh, before, before that. And we had just a couple of months to do that. Then uh, Leah, you know, the scene player yeah. is, she's in our inner circle for a while, but she's like 23 She's singing a bit, but she doesn't play synth and she doesn't really play any metal or listen to any metal and hasn't, she hadn't played any shows and ever really. And now she's playing in this band That's and incredible. she has to sing. And, and then we have the, you know, Kuga back in the days. Did you I know don't know. No. That was a really good modern metal band from Switzerland. They okay. played with Gajira a lot and stuff. They really cool. Um, a really cool band. Well, the singer is a friend of mine. He works for the label and he's 50 years old and he's the singer. So, you know, we have that 23 years old girl, that singer <laughs> yeah. that hasn't sung in a band in 10 years. And then another friend that she's doing harsh noise and she doesn't know how to count bars, you know, and she's playing in the <laughs> band. I was like, well, 
we're going to write songs and you're going to remember where you have to make noise and exactly. that's it. And then you don't have to count. <laughs> and so we build up a life set around the skills of everyone. And, okay. And yeah, yeah, and that's what you can hear on the, the live record. Basically, Brilliant. Well, thing. do you know something now, John? I'm going to give everybody a taste of some of this music because The Crippled Saint, which is the latest track that's just been released. I think it's only today it's been released. Yeah. I'm going to give everybody a bit of a taste of this, lads. The Crippled Saint, phew, the music will speak for itself. Right, guys, so there you have it. That is a crippled saint from Trounce. Um, that is out as of today, but by the time the show comes out, it will have been out for a couple of weeks, but make sure you have a, a listen to that. Right, that Roeburn lineup, Jonah, I had to differ, right, from the studio one because you changed a couple of people, like there's a Luke and Axel, for example, on drums. Yeah. Why did you need to do that? Or why did you feel you need to do that? Were they unavailable well, or what was the reasoning? No, um, well, I mean, Axel was an obvious choice for the record because, uh, like, I would have chose Luke overall, every drummer, so Colgan's drummer, okay. but he, he couldn't play these things. That's right. why I even wrote these songs. That's because Luke was never able to play these songs. <laughs> so uh, I hired Axel, who's a drummer in a, in a black metal band that I released on the label called Icar. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's that kind of guy, you know, drum machine. Yeah. Like, you're like, can you go 20 BPM faster? He's like, yeah. And <laughs> so... I gave him the track to work on like a year and a half before we went to the studio and he was just working towards the, like for them, like for these songs and practicing for a year and a half, you know, it was COVID and stuff. And then one day I was like, well, let's go in the studio. But I still asked Luke because I hate spending time in the studio. I hate recording records. I hate, I just like <clears throat> writing and mixing maybe. Okay. But I don't like to spend time in the studio. So I hired Luke. I hired uh, Colgan's bassist, who's a producer to record, mm-hmm. and Luke to be a artistic director of the drums because you know I okay. knew that Axel was this kind of like grind death metal black metal drummer with like you know yeah. very uh, very usual feels for that kind of music, and I wanted Luke to be there and be like 
less symbols, less fields, you okay. Know, okay. more tunnels of blast beats and yeah. more of this and that. So they worked together and it was really right. cool. And for the live part, um, I, I just I just don't know Excel enough to be comf- comfortable to uh, to to do um, a commission piece, like you know, create okay. something from scratch, basically. Mm-hmm. When with Luke, we've been doing this for over 10, 12 years together. So I knew with him, I had someone that could drive the the project yeah. with me, and that was necessary because you know we had some so many different profiles in the band that. Um, that um, yeah, that that it would have been impossible for me to lead everything alone. So I needed Luke, who had more of a you know a co-leading mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. in this, uh, even if I was doing the artistic direction more. And yeah. for the other guys and girls, um, what happened is just like on the record, it was just Axel drums, me who did all the guitars and all the synths, and then Renault who did the vocals. Mm-hmm. And live, obviously, I wanted a second guitar. Yeah. And uh, I never wanted a bass, but I still wanted a synth. And I wanted Anna, the girl who does a harsh noise, because she's just a great friend. And I wanted okay. to gather these people and have a band with them, basically, Brilliant. and be like, let's do this. Yeah. Outstanding. Now, come here, let's talk about the album itself, uh, The Seven Crowns. Again, a passage that I picked up somewhere when I was doing my homework on you uh, last week. <laughs> it said, expect a thorough exploration through the darkest crevices of heavy music but there will be psychedelic passages, eerie melodies, both blast beats and crushingly slow drums and a healthy dose of satanic whisperings for good measure. Holy shit. Like, I mean, it's all there, isn't it, Jonah? And that's glorious. Like, it's all in there in this album. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say because I thought we lied on the sl- uh, <laughs> slow, like crushingly slow drums. Not that's at all. Way. It's absolutely fantastic. But tell me, <laughs> like... Did, did Trounce as a project come before The Seven Crowns or had Judas material written already? Was this always there? Well, I mean, we gave the name Trounce to the band and commission, like mm-hmm. commission piece first and then band. Yeah. But the, the songs were, the songs, the studio songs were there before. Okay. Okay. The studio songs were there before in a very demo form, mm-hmm. let's say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice to hear. And it's great to have that sort of, um, you know, something to work with from the beginning. Like you have this idea of what you want to create. You have the foundation as in in demo style. So, I mean. I don't think it would have been possible otherwise for us. I mean, we could, if we would have gone, you know, like, uh, uh, let's say uh, the more improvised way or like droning way. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's easier. I'm just saying that it's a it's a more comfortable way to create something when you have few uh, uh, less time. You know, when you wanna when you wanna do a commission piece with like songs, full songs written from A to Z with like uh, you know verses, choruses, and like beats, and that and 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 a show that tells a story with the light lights Mm -hmm. and sound. You know that we worked a lot for. Um, I was very happy to have the studio tracks kind of kind of ready. Studio tracks kind of ready. So we took, we initially took like maybe three or four tracks from the record. Okay. Or like three of them, we played exactly the same. That made a basis. So we could start working as a band and starting to know each other together. Mm-hmm. And then we started like improvising and like creating a story, so to speak. Yes. So, but I also had in mind, you know, from, from the moment I gathered these people, I knew that when I took Leah in, I wanted to have some kind of like eerie vocals. And I had this idea of um, a show starting with like a drone, very classic, you'll say. 
mm-hmm. but also go in. I, I like a lot bands like Vardruna, for example, as well. And I wanted to have these kind of eerie vocals over a drone, you know, like yes. like Vardruna does. And I had these things, and I knew that I wanted Anna to do satanic whispers and this kind of this kind of things. So yeah. the, the description was not based on the studio tracks, but on the idea that I had of the live, and that's okay. basically what I've put together in the end yeah. with people yeah because there's so many layers here john isn't there like i mean this is quite a technical album like there's a lot of instruments there's a lot of passages as you mentioned there's a lot of change in tempos and you know this this wasn't an easy fucking thing to do like i mean it, it's an incredible achievement this this album the seven crowns really is like when you think where it came from and how short a time frame you had to create it like it's it's amazing thanks um, man Tell me your influences for this album. Um, I did, again, I read up that um, Dark Funeral's yeah. Diabolus Interium played its part, but was there other, other albums, other bands that were always in the back of your mind when you were recording this? No, mostly you... mostly it was that one and a little bit of uh, Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia from Dimu Borghi as okay. well. Yeah, I never yeah. know how to pronounce the name of this band. Oh, you, uh, did a, you did a better job than me anyway. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it. You did it perfect. <laughs> um. But mostly Dark Funeral, I had, I don't know, like, I guess in the early 2000 or something, I had to understand, uh, I was already not, well, yeah, early 2000, let's say mm-hmm. 2004, I started being into heavy music, 2002, yeah. I started being into really heavy underground music. And then when I discovered this uh, black metal scene or black metal thing, um, I didn't understand this music, you know? So uh-huh. I spent a good, I, I spent, I remember I spent, I was working back then as a, a teenager. I, I mean, not, I was not working as a teenager. I was a teenager working <laughs> at this time. And uh, <laughs> let's get that for, clear. Yeah. For, <laughs> sorry, that's stupid humor. Uh, as for, <laughs> for three months, I forced myself because I didn't understand why the black metal current was like, the scene was so big. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. I was like, if it's big, it means there is something that I need to understand before deciding whether I like it or not. So I, I listened to black metal like eight hours a day for three months. Mm-hmm. And from everything, you know, from, from dark, dark funeral to paysage d'hiver or, or to Xashtur mm-hmm. or this kind of stuff or uh, immortal, everything from the classic. Yeah. yeah. What stuck in my mind was dark funeral for some reason, because I think they had a very puppy edge to it, you know? Okay. And it's just like, it's absurdly absurdly can you say it you can say absurdly yeah absolutely yeah spot on it's absurdly fast it sounds like i don't know in my head the, the production sounded more like in flames like than than black metal uh-huh. than Borzum uh-huh. black metal you know yeah yeah um, yeah and and everything the imagery and everything i thought it was absurd but so fun in some way and so catchy in every way you know and i like the melodies and and all that and and it, it's kind of a tribute to 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 them uh, to my, in my own interpretation of yeah. this kind of black metal overproduced black metal that is not really black metal but that is black metal in the end you know that that at least helps people getting into the the more underground black metal I don't know and, and John do you know something I was similar too because go back twenty years ago I couldn't get into this black metal scene at the time uh, I was listening to a lot of extreme music like but I just couldn't get into that black metal scene. But it's only now that I'm appreciating a lot of stuff. Maybe I'm after getting big into post-black metal, right? But again, mm-hmm. it sort of opened my eyes to previous bands and older bands. So I, I don't know. There's, there's something there to be to be harnessed from those older albums, I think. And that's what you've done. And you've brought it forward with Trounce, which is great to see. You know, really great to see. Thanks. Tell me, is this a side project, a one-off? Or is Trounce going to bring more albums out? 
uh, there's definitely going to be more albums. Uh, mm. I'm still figuring because I had it was very easy for me to write the songs, the studio tracks. So okay, yeah, because you've listened to both the studio and the live record. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why am I asking? You know everything already, and I'm asking you this <laughs> yeah. the most basic thing. God, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, it was, and it's not to sound pretentious again. It's like for me, I absorbed those codes for so long and never had mm -hmm. the chance to write songs like this. Yeah. That um, that when I did it, it was so easy and so fast. You know, like I not one single riff was changed since the first time I wrote them. I never changed them. I replayed them to record them the proper way with the proper sound. But the, the structure, mm -hmm. the, the length of the songs, nothing has changed since wow. the very first minute I wrote them. And I wrote them in the order that you find them in the track list as Brilliant. well. Brilliant. So the very first song I wrote, uh, which is the Seven Sleepers, I think, yeah. yeah, is the very first song I wrote. And it's the first song on the record. The very first riff I tried with this weird tuning that I'm using. And so it was so easy. I was write, basically writing like, yeah, one song half a day or one song a day. And I never touched them. And that's the result, except that now it's produced, right? Yes, vocals yes. And stuff. So no, that's amazing. I'm, I'm just waiting to have one week free to write the next one. Because that's, I mean, you must have the ideas in your head already. So have you had there, there, the next album? It's all I up just, there. No, I just need blast beats in the background. And then you just, you know, I'm just going to go for the next one. I'm just going to go faster with blast beats, slower with guitars and, I want to do a lot of guitar arpeggios and a lot of melodic stuff with a lot of super fast blast beats with no feels that it feels almost droney. You know, I don't know. There's <laughs> so, going to be another record. Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. There's going to be another record. And now question is like, is it going to come become a concept that we do a studio record and then we adapt it to the live setup? Like, yeah. Stuff? Or, you know, we have a lot of um, fun playing with this band live. You know, for us, it's the metal band, we, the real metal band we've never had or yeah, that we couldn't yeah. have when we were teenagers because we're not good musicians enough. Exactly. And and the feedback is great. And But, you know, like my life is Colgan's and that's what's going to start again in next fall with a new record. And so I can't really push it that much with Trounce. But we might, you know, there's going to be other record. That's for there's sure. More, that's there's more to come. There's definitely more to come from Trumps. And that's going to be my solo project, basically. Fantastic. The studio version. And there's going to be more because I have a lot of fun like writing this music. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, before we let you go, I want to have a bit of fun with you here, Noah, because I have three questions I ask all my guests at the end, right? Yes. First question, name me a track that you would like to do a cover version of. Uh, under I'm Coil not... Guns or under Trumps or on your own, doesn't matter. I would love... Um, I actually tried with Trons, uh, but no one knows that. I tried to do, um, oh, fuck, from Massive Attack. Oh, what? From the Mezzanine album, no? Mezzanine, exactly. Yeah. Mezzanine from Massive Attack. But that's, I tried with the guitar to find, like, I went I went around a couple of riffs already. Yeah. So that's something I, I would love to do. But one song that I would love to cover that would be amazing, but I wouldn't, yeah, never know how to where to start with uh, is Flatlands from Chelsea Wolf. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite songs ever in the world, and I would like one day to pay tribute to that. But I don't know if it's possible because the song is so good already. Yeah, but it'd be great. It'd be fantastic to hear a different interpretation of it, though. That would be a great thing. Agree. Second one, give me a movie or a series you would like to hear a trance track played on. I don't watch that many shows, but I yeah. watched one show that I really got into uh, this summer was Casa de Papel. Okay. 
that's that's a wow that's a that's a big must uh, the big uh, big must blah, that's a big must to watch okay uh, for me but it's a, it's a spanish show yeah uh that happens in uh, spain yeah because it's a spanish show and they basically it's it's about uh you know i'm not giving you the pitch like it's about robbing banks but in a very cool way and an anti system basically show and i just love the show and i love spain and i love spanish so see and you reckon <laughs> Trump's music will fit into this show? Absolutely not. That's not how I took it. I figured that <laughs> this question would be in that sense, but then I would have had to go with to go with some, you know, horror or whatever. Maybe yeah. some maybe some Rick and Morty then. There you go. No, you have it. You know, the perfect, the perfect match. Absolutely. That would be absurd, yeah. yeah. Right. The third question, Jonah. Uh, give me a bucket list band that you would like to play as a guest or support actor. With we're talking with Trumps. Again, whichever, okay. call guns, trounce, whichever, doesn't matter. I think, uh, yeah, whether trying trounce or call guns, trounce, I, I would, or as a person, I think mm -hmm. I would be a support actor. Deftones would be really oh. cool. Okay, nice. I really love Deftones. I know they're not huge, you know, like they don't feel stadium, but I don't know. I just connect with their music. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a band like call guns, I think idols would be a good fit. Nice one. Actually, call. two yeah. great calls, two great calls, Jonah. Tell me, have you seen Deftones live? I have. Uh, last time was probably 14 years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you too. No, I, it, it, they're still on my bucket list actually to see live. I haven't seen them. You know uh, what? I have to say that I've seen them also 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then maybe, maybe more like 10 years ago last time. And, you know, there was a day where they were not as tight as the i mean they were yeah. partying too much like a lot of bands so yes it was less cool to see than when i saw them last time and they were kind of sober i guess where you know i enjoyed i enjoyed <laughs> yeah. seeing them. i mean you know you want people to be playing music not to trying to be to stand up on the stage yeah so, i just think that's the way it all goes you go back 20 years with any band they were raw they were rough but there was yeah. something about the energy there you know Ex so that's two different yeah. things yeah yeah, yeah. exactly exactly um jonah come here that's all my questions man i want to thank you so much for taking time out to come on to the show really appreciate it well thank you and uh are you still recording i'm still recording yeah we're still so recording, I, can't, I, can't, I can't wish you a good wedding and did oh, you know that this guy is late to a wedding to do this interview that's amazing <laughs> the things i do for music lads it's hey, ridiculous that's true that's very cool so look, Jonah, this album, The Seven Crowns, has been released on the 20th of October through your own label, Pumas Records. It'll be available on digital, triple vinyl, which sounds fucking amazing, triple vinyl. Yeah. Double CD, lads. This is really, really something special. Make sure you check this out when it comes out. And by the time this show comes out, it will already be available, so get on it. So Very Jonah, nice. thanks again, man. Look after yourself. Enjoy your weekend. You too. That's it, guys. Everybody else, I'll see you all in a couple of weeks' time. Take care. Enjoy.